0: Oh, good morning, it's still morning, man, worship was awesome today, and so I think there's going to be a powerful move of the Spirit in the Word and response time. Um, I just, it was so refreshing uh, to, this week I did a prayer block and I just was starting to just worship and just got caught up in worship, just Songs that just started coming out of my heart and my my uh worship to God, and it just was like an incredible flow, but I got caught on that song, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, and someone had left it up there, and I just started playing it but i I have not like sung the um, the different verses, and I was just singing through the verses and Especially in light of last week's message, right? Verse, well, it says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace, to trust him more. Verse 2 is, oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus just to trust his cleansing blood and in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus just from sin and self to cease. Whole message last week. Just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. (laughs) You did. You knew the words. Um, I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. It's a great commission in there, that verse in Matthew. Um, Last week we talked a lot about this. We talked about humanism and renouncing humanism and I'm, I'm hoping this week my goal is to leave you with something so practical that you can actually act on it and and break out of this dead religion that we are all caught in in one way or another I'm trying to become so simple so practical like we desperately need transformation folks like and that is why we meet in our life groups. We, we build relationship, yes, but the main priority is that we discuss aggressive application of the word, that the spirit would change our hearts and change our minds. We got to break out of dead religion. We're all steeped in it, more than we even realize. We need our daily life changed. We need our hearts, our appetites, our pursuit, the things that we strive for in our life, they have to be changed. We have to be transformed. And we talked about how humanism is an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Humanist beliefs stress the potential value and goodness of human beings. Emphasize common human needs and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. And we like literally went into the story of the garden and the fall in the garden, and we looked at how this was the start of humanism, men thinking they knew better than God and turning away from his word to their own way. And so this week I want to like, I'm gonna take a break from this big crisis that we face and talk about how do we get out of it. Just one little step that if we were to do Every day this next week, we would be different people. So, I've reformatted the humanist definition to a definition of Christianity. Christianity, an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to God and supernatural matters rather than human and natural matters. Yes, an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to God and supernatural matters rather than human and natural matters. This is a longer definition, so you'll have to listen to the recording because I just want you to get the heart of it, what it sounds like opposite humanism, right? Prime importance to God and supernatural. Remember the scripture we read about like setting your mind on things above and not on earthly things. This is, this is capturing that. It's the opposite. Christian beliefs stress the perfection, transcendence, which is, let me just say, transcendence, goodness of God. They emphasize his desire to be involved in humanity as the complete source of life, being made possible by Christ through his incarnation and work on the cross. And then, this is imminence. And seek wholeheartedly a life of total devotion and obedience. This is the opposite of humanism. Beliefs stress the perfection, the transcendence, which means he's way beyond our human reality. That's what transcendence is. And the goodness of God. We, not only is he all-powerful, but he's good. His nature is perfectly good. It emphasizes his desire to be involved in humanity. That's imminence. It's right here with us. God with us. Emmanuel. And that he wants to be the source of life. That is God's whole intention. Is he wants you to look at him as the source of everything. The father. The provider. The lover of your soul. All of these things. He wants you to look to him. Not for any other thing. He doesn't want you to look anywhere else on in the universe to have your needs met. He wants your emotional needs met by him, not your spouse. You're you're, you're supposed to be married to be a divine partnership and have an aggressive, fruitful lifestyle. (laughs) Whether you're single or married, he wants to be your source, not another person. Well, if I only had a girlfriend, everything would be better. Oh, brother, feel sorry for you. (laughs) Telling you, I found my wife when I had determined I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. I am so content in the Lord. And then, boom, there she is. (laughs) She showed up. And rocked my world. And God rocked my world. And then we've been an amazing partnership. Ever since. So how do you break out of humanism? And remember what I talked about. Humanism isn't something that. We're all trapped in it. In one way or another. We're trapped in this. A closed system. And we've even created a Jesus. In that closed system. It's. The way we think God should be. The way we think life should be. The way we think everything should be. It's it's a creation of our own desires. This is what you can be. Call yourself a Christian, but really in reality live in a closed system where God is not really welcome. You invite him in only when you are desperate and in need. But otherwise you're like, I'm all set. I got it. I got my Bible to read and feel warm and fuzzy inside. I could do my prayer and my devotion. And my prayer is nothing more than me just processing some thoughts and things like that. And going, oh, wow, that is fascinating. Mm." Like, to most people, prayer is not something where you're giving a sacrifice to God and you're hearing him speak to you like a real living person called God, speaking inside your life from outside your life. I'm not saying that he doesn't live in your heart. I'm saying he is separate from you. He's not a figment of your imagination. And in many people, many people don't even know how to hear God's voice. They don't even know how to hear and get direction from God. It's more a process of just internal thought and... But he is a real living person. He is alive. He has a personality. He has a nature. He has a will that is totally separate from what you think a will for your life is. He is God. He is transcendent, far above our thoughts and our ways, yet he is imminent. He's right here with us. He's chosen to be with us. Right? I'm just setting a little foundation here. You know, when we look back at the fall, what was the very point where everything went downhill? Has God not said? said? It was the word. And I'm going to focus on that today because I believe in order to break out of dead religion and break out of a system where we don't really need God anymore because we've constructed what we need. We have church, and church is no longer a place for most people where you come together as a living body of Christ to release heaven. It's become a place for a social club. Hi there, Joe. Hi, Sally. Nice to see you. I'm here because I need to be loved by the body. Now, that is all byproducts to be loved by the body, to have meaningful relationships. But like I said before, God wants to be the source of everything. And so our perspectives, everything, we come to church because he is to be worshipped and praised and lifted up and extolled above all other things. He is God. That is why we're here. We don't come to prayer blocks to process. We don't come to prayer blocks. Now listen, There's always times God leads you to do different things, right? So sometimes you come and you say, you have those times. Like, Lord, I am in desperate need. I need you to touch me. But I'm talking on a regular basis. The general reason we come and and do a prayer block. Or I'll say even like the main reason we pray is to give them sacrifice. This is to be a tabernacle of worship to the one who is worthy. Yes. Come on. And all I'm challenging is people who come because they always come because I need to get touched. And it's about us. That is part of the humanistic system where it is about us. And I'm saying maturity makes it about Him. He is worthy of all praise and adoration. If we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all things will be given to us. It is about him, not us. He'll take care of us if we take care of him. Give him sacrifice, give him praise, worship him, declare his word, declare his nature, declare his greatness. And I think half of our problems are it's because we're focused on us, what we want, what we need. Instead of, Lord, what do you want? What do you need? I know he has all his needs met, but I'm here because I wanna pour out and lavish praise upon him. It's the word, if if Eve would have just said, serpent, the word of God says this, God did say this, and I'm standing with that and sticking to it. Yeah. I'm telling you, there would have been lightning from heaven that came down and released judgment upon that lion snake. And I want to talk about this today because I really, my, my, my premise here is that if we will take even 15 minutes every single day and commit as the form of prayer that I'm gonna release if I even come into a prayer block is gonna be releasing the word of God. You know, what did Paul, what, did, what was Timothy told? Timothy was said, I'm, going to, I'm just gonna read it right out of, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I took a picture of it so I could read it, okay. So 1 Timothy 4.12. Set a pattern for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in moral purity. Until I come, Devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to preaching, to teaching the sound doctrine of God's word. Do not neglect the spiritual gift in you, that special endowment, which was intentionally bestowed on you by the Holy Spirit through prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands on you. Practice and work hard at these things. Wow. Be absorbed in them, completely occupied in your ministry. Pay close attention to yourself. Concentrate on your spiritual development, your personal development, to your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hold to them, for as you do so, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and those who hear you. Ezra, in we're looking at Ezra 9, when they were rebuilding the temple, right? This is like one of the greatest intercessory prayers. It says, at the time of sacrifice, I stood up for where I had sat in mourning with clothes torn. In, her place of, in, in his place of repentance... I fell to my knees and lifted my hands to the Lord. God, I prayed, oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads and our guilt has reached the heavens. From the days of our ancestors till now, we have been steeped in sin. That is why we and our kings and our priests have been at the mercy of the pagan kings of the land. We have been killed, captured, robbed, disgraced, just as we are today. But now... We have been given a brief moment of grace. For the Lord, our God, has allowed a a few of us to survive as a remnant. He has given us security in his holy place. Our God has brightened our eyes and granted us some relief from our slavery. For we were slaves, but in his unfailing love, our God did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. He revived us so we could rebuild the temple of our God and repair its ruins. He has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now, O oh, our God, what can we say after all this? For once again, we have abandoned your commands. Your servants, the prophets, warned us when they said the land you were entering to possess is totally defiled by the detestable practices of the people living there. See, the the church, the people of God, became corrupt by the world around them. This is no different than today, folks. From one end to the other, land is filled with corruption. Don't let your daughters marry their sons. Don't let... Your daughters as wives for your sons. Don't ever ever promote the peace and prosperity of these nations. If you follow these instructions, you will be strong and will enjoy the good things the land produces, and you will leave this prosperity to your children forever. Now we are being punished because of our wickedness and our great guilt, but we have actually been punished far less than we deserve. For you, our God, have allowed some of us to survive as a remnant. But even so, we are breaking your commands again and intermarrying with people who do detestable things. Unholy alliances, right? Won't your anger be enough to destroy us so that even this little remnant no longer survives? Oh, Lord, God of Israel, you are just. We come before you in our guilt as nothing but an escaped remnant. Though in such condition, none of us can stand in your presence. I mean... This is, this, this is how we still need to come before God and fully acquire that sacrifice that was given to us through Jesus Christ and live it out and walk it out and escape from this humanism. Isaiah 55 from last week gives us clear direction. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked abandon his way. The unrighteous person, his thoughts, Let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return, there without watering the earth and making it produce and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. There's that providing God. So will my word by which goes out of my mouth not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. It was the word that caused the dry bones to live. And this is, this is my premise, again, to be very clear. We're going to focus on declaring the word of God over our lives this week. Declaring it, declaring it, declaring it, declaring it. In prayer blocks, let's just practice this like the scripture says. Let's practice. In our public reading, let's practice declaring the word of God reading the word of God aloud, praying the word, releasing the word. It's like we're unlocking the most powerful agent on the earth to just begin to do good works, release things, break off shackles, break off addictions, break off oppressions. Release God, this transcendent one, into the earth. You know, this is, I was reading some of Michael Brown's new book, Seize the Moment, How to Fuel the Fires of Revival. And this one thing is exactly what I'm talking about. He said, it is true that in some churches, people have been taught to death. (laughs) Sentiments like this were echoed before the Welsh revival of 1904 to 5. And similar concerns could have been raised in the days leading up to the Hebrides revival in 49 to 52. The people had plenty of Bible knowledge. They were taught the word as children and could recite the fundamentals of the faith. You know, it could be very disjointed, much like the testimony this morning, where you have all this knowledge and you know all these things, but you don't know how it ties together. You don't know the intent that's trying to come out of the word in a real simple way, right? Yet they were dead in their sins or bound in their religious traditions. They needed a fresh move of the Spirit more than powerful exposition and penetrating exegesis. Still, it would be a mistake to think that a fresh move of the Spirit would exclude the Word. Rather, it would mean that the preaching and teaching and exhorting and testifying would come alive. But that's what we need, folks. So many folks know the Bible inside and out and can quote you a million scripture verses. And their lives have no power. Their lives are destitute, empty, dry, longing. And that's not what we want. We want to renounce that dead religion, that empty life. We want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as our source of emotions Of thoughts, of passions, of living water. We don't want to make our own cisterns. You know that scripture, right? You have turned away from me and you've carved own cisterns so that you can store water and find drink for yourselves. This is what most of the church has done. It's about our deal. We got it covered. We got water to drink from. And God's like, no, you've turned from me. Turn back to me. I am the source of your provision and your sustenance. Oh. For the word, this is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and full of power. Making it operative, energizing, effective. This is amplified. I love it. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Like, this is the word that we take for granted, and we're like, oh, well, you know, stuck reading it for two hours here. When you're doing a sacred, a sacerdotal duty, a sacred duty before the Lord to open your human mouth and let the words of life come out of them and reverberate and affect the atmosphere. Like it is powerful when you speak it, when you release it, it shifts things, folks. Like he is alive, he is not dead. His Word is energized. It's operative. (laughs) And I'm saying we need to focus our prayers this week on releasing the Word and praying it. I've been stuck in Ephesians of just like releasing just the power of the Word now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever. And Lord, I just pray right now, Lord God, would you release your power to work in me in a greater measure. Lord, stir me. I pray you release. I pray you bring alignment. Crush thoughts that oppose you. Release creativity in the name of Jesus. Release revelation. Let it come down upon me. Revelation. Revelation. Power, might. This is what prayer needs to look like. Practice it this week. Give yourself wholly to it. Declare it. Release it into the atmosphere with your breath and your life. Become a living sacrifice. You're alive and you're sacrificing before the Lord, and He's using your frame to release His eternal word that shifts the atmosphere. Like this is practical. We're going to do this 15 minutes. I challenge you every day. I pray if you are doing prayer blocks, read the word and then pray it. Release it. Say, Father, engage your word right now. Release right now your power that's able to to transform things. It won't return void. I thank you, Lord. Your word that goes out of your mouth will not return empty. You just begin to declare it. Some of you need to buy or well, you got Google now, but like in my days, back in the day, I used to have this book that said, if you're angry, read these scriptures. If you're depressed, read these scriptures. If you're this, read these scriptures. If you're in a conflict, read these scriptures. If you're sick, read these scriptures. And then you start reading them. Some of you need to like go to Google and say, what scriptures can I read when I'm sad? And then you begin to declare out loud the word of God and say, you shift, Sean Foster. Shift right now. Shift your emotions. Shift. Shift your heart. Lift up your eyes to where your help comes from. Like this isn't all spiritual hype. I'm talking the word is powerful. And you need to stop just wallowing in yourself and bring the transcendent God into your life and release his word. We need a God that's bigger than us. We don't need a God that's our buddy and walks beside us. I get the imminence. He was incarnate. He came as a man and died on the cross to break and shatter the strongholds of the enemy over your very life that the light of the gospel would shine and you would see the truth in your despair and your darkness. Whew. But we need a God who is way bigger than us. We need a God who, when we say, Lord, come, he thunders in and shakes everything. And then you begin to say, yes, Lord, use this humble life of mine. Just think about this, like we are so puny and weak compared to this infinite God. And he's given us the ability and the privilege to declare his word Publicly, and release it into the atmosphere as a shining, breaking beam of light to cause dry bones to rise up and live, to speak those things that aren't as though they were. Say, Sean, you go, word of faith preacher. I am a word of faith preacher. (laughs) Woo. without all the stuff <laughs> just straight bible baby <laughs> That's it. That's all she wrote. I want to challenge you now to walk in this. I want to challenge you to declare the word this week. We're going to start to we're going to start to get out of this box of death. And, and dismal, dark, hiddenness, and we're going to begin to let God come in—the God that created us—and we're going to let Him loose in our midst. I don't know about you, you want Him loose in our midst? Do you really? Are you willing to die to all your all your self preservation and your self centeredness and begin to speak and shift things with the Word? You're partnering with the God of all creation to bring your life into alignment. Oh, but I'm afraid to read the Bible out loud. Let's rephrase that. I'm afraid to do what God says to do. I don't feel like reading the Bible out loud. I'm being really honest, guys. And I'm preaching to myself. I'm not sitting here pointing the finger. I'm saying God is calling his people to come to life. And become agents of his kingdom that is not of this earth. And to call us from dabbling around in all of our struggles and all of our dismal darkness and come out of that into a supernatural realm that he has created us to function in and we have one another to spur ourselves on instead we say fear you have no place in my life god says he gives me a spirit of power power, love a sound mind Thank you, God, for giving me a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. I won't agree with fear. Fear, go to hell where you came from. I am done with you. I am going to live for Jesus. I will declare his word publicly because I was created to do that. I'm going to walk in my divine destiny. I'm going to declare. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. Melanie, is this not like stirring telling you transformation oh. You know what I, I think you should do in, I think what you should do in life group this week is talk about the importance of the word in bringing us out of dead religion And I think every single person should share with their life group What areas you are declaring the word over? Don't get into more teaching, okay? Application. What areas do we need to declare the word of God over our life? Stop saying, well, well, I'm gonna declare the word over my, my son or my daughter or my neighbor. No, this isn't, you can do that, but what you're gonna do is share with everybody what you're declaring over your own life so that you could save yourself and those around you. Let's, first things first, let's start with ourselves and let's get out of the rut, out of this closed system and invite God in and then be used by him to declare his word that's sharper than a two-edged sword that divides asunder. And when you're declaring the word, you know, Use your imagination and your creativity. See the Lord behind the word thundering as a mighty warrior. Like you're not just uttering word, you're uttering the word of the living God that doesn't let it return to him empty, without fruit. Everyone get that, life group leaders? We're gonna go after and then you're going to actually spend time praying and releasing the word. And you're going to, I'll tell you what, if you've ever done strength bombardment, it's when you sit in a circle and everyone just tells you how wonderful you are. That's, that's what it is. We, we used to do it, like sit in the circle and everyone says, you know, you are powerful. You're such a creative person. You're so compassionate. And by the end, you're like, oh, I feel kind of good. <laughs> right? Well, this is what we're going to do in life group. And we're not going to, we're going to say, and you're not going to, you're going to say the word of the Lord over the areas you feel you need to shift. And then everyone else is going to begin to speak the word of the Lord over you and declare it. And we're not going to go, I want to share a scripture out of Proverbs one. You're going to say the word of the Lord says, and you're going to read it and you're going to declare it like, cause we're not lame Pathetic human beings, we're supernatural beings that have the opportunity to be a vessel. See how he's tuning his guitar now? This guitar there's nothing special about except it's probably expensive. But (laughs) it's this guy that makes this guitar so beautiful. Because he's playing it, he knows how to. Your life is nothing special. But when the maker of heavens and earth comes and begins to strum your chords of your heart and use you to release his word, you are quite amazing. (laughs) And we need to start walking in this supernatural living. And we do that by letting the king of the heavens and the earth use our life as he sees fit. You're like, well, I don't know yet exactly what the Lord has called me to do with my life. Well, I just told you what the Bible says. Read the word publicly. Thunder truth. That's what we're gonna practice and work hard at this week because that's what, that's what the scripture said. Practice really hard. Give yourself fully to these things. We're gonna take one of them this week and we're gonna practice. I'm telling you folks, Lord, I'm asking for signs and wonders to follow and confirm this word. I'm asking that you show up in a powerful way and as people do this this week, I pray Lord God you would blow people away. Can I go in the other room with this microphone too? Or do I have to use another one? They keep telling me different things. Can I use this microphone? Oh gosh. I grabbed the other mic. Okay. I had to come over here and see your faces. Praise (laughs) them. Are you guys on the same page here? We're repenting. We're turning from our dead religion and our our dismal living, and we're going to release the word of God and, like, let him be supernatural in our midst. And I'm believing God that this week as you do this, you're going to be blown away by the reality the power of the living God. And you're going to be filled with joy. Josiah told me about, like, this morning, he was just overfilled with joy from the Lord during his prayer block. And I was laughing because that prayer block that I went to this week, I just started getting caught up in worship. And then I started singing songs about the anointing oil flowing down upon my, f- you remember that, Melanie? anointing oil anointing oil flow down upon my life and make me a sacrifice until all my heart and soul are one with the Lord anointing oil it's like we need divine oil we need power poured out in our lives So this is like, and with it comes joy. With it comes all other things. If we'll seek Him first, He'll give us all things. Seek Him first. We are on a pursuit, folks, in this series to go after the living God. We are done with dead religion. We want life. We want true light. We want genuine God in our midst, doing supernatural things. We are Christians. Christ followers ones who are in hot pursuit of the king of heaven and earth so I want to just stand and respond I just today we're going to follow in this pattern right if you're here and you don't know Jesus I want you to begin to cry out to him there's people here if they'd come up front. I only want people coming up front, though, listen carefully. Only people coming up front that don't know Jesus and want to know him. And we'll have some people just stand over to the side here to pray with you. All the rest of us. I want you to begin to pray and say, Lord, what do I need to declare over my life? Some of you don't know the Bible, so... If you don't, if you don't know the Bible enough to take a scripture and declare it over your life, then I want you to just ask the Lord. Just say, I thank you, Lord, that you created me to know your word, and I want to use that word. Do something fresh in my life, speak to me. And then when you get home, you need to Google some Bible stuff and take a hold of those things and begin to release them over your lives. What is it that God wants to do in you? What is it that God wants to release in your life? What kind of thing is it? Do you struggle with depression? Do you struggle with addiction? Do you struggle with anger? Do you struggle with just apathy? Then find the word of the Lord that just begins to release over your heart and your mind. And speak to yourself. King David spoke to himself. He said, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. Some of you need to say, like, Sean, straighten up. Lift up your eyes. Look up higher. Look to the heavens from where your help comes from. We need to start to learn how to declare and release the Word of God that is truth. It is supernatural. It is powerful. If you don't know what to pray, open the Bible and just begin to read. Open Ephesians and start to read and just declare it. Say it out loud. Come on, let's go. Let's just be Let's just begin to pray. Let's just begin to declare. Now it's time for you to just declare over your life, over your heart. Let this be the start of a whole new walk with God. Come on. There is triumph in here.